Today we're here to celebrate the birthday of the two great luminaries of Hasidut, the Bashemtov and the Alter Rebbe, the Shneur Zaman of Laadi, the founder of, of Chabad, the author of Sefer Atanya. May their merit be with us and the whole Jewish people. And the Talmud Yerushalmi were taught that on every birthday, the Mazal, which is the spiritual source of the soul, gains new strength and shines down its strength to the reflection, the Heara of the soul that is present and conscious within the body. So on the birthday of the great Tzaddik, the origin, the source of his soul, becomes very, very strong and shines down its light to all of those that are connected here on earth to that soul. Many of the great Talmudim of the Baal Shem Tov used to say that until Mashiach comes, every true thought Hirhur Tshuva, thought of return of Tshuva, of longing to return to Hashem, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is all in the merit of this divine service of the Baal Shem Tov. Whether one is conscious of it or whether one is not conscious of it, the arousement within the Jewish people, the Jewish soul to return to Hashem is sparked. The catalyst is the service, the deep essential service of the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov entered the world, was born into this world in a state that the Jewish people was, had fainted, hit al foot. And as he himself explained, his name is Israel, the general name of the whole Jewish people, that when one has fainted, has lost consciousness, has lost self-identity, one of the ways to waken one up is to whisper his true Jewish name into his ear, even if he's not conscious. Sometimes you give some, someone some very strong odor to smell, and that enters deep into the soul, into the subconscious of the soul, as Chazal say, that the only sense which goes directly, re relates directly to the soul, is the sense of smell. The sense of smell comes from Keter in Kabbalah. Keter is the superconscious, the crown. In the same way, or very similar to that strong odor of one's root, of one's origin, if one's true name is whispered into one's ear, he also wakes up to his identity. And that is the meaning of the birthday of the Baal Shem Tov, the way he himself explained the significance, the meaning of his being born into the, into the world. So once more he found the Jewish people fainted, unconscious. And he wakened them in his generation and the, the Gitulei Gidulim, all of that process that began to grow and the growths of the growths until the present day, that's what we experience when one is spontaneously aroused from above without knowing where it's coming from. Just all of a sudden, spontaneously, one is aroused with some true, deep longing for, for the ultimate truth of God and the Torah. 
and the Jewish people and the land of Israel and all the things which are essential for Jewish faith. So this is a day that it's become that it's strong. The source of all of our good deep thoughts is now experiencing strength. Mazalok Gover of the Balshemto and the Atarevi. There are several simple explanations of the significance of this day Chayalul. One is that Chayalul is the Chayut, the viability, the the life. Chai means life, alive, the life of this month of Elul. That the whole month of Elul is a month of mercy, Chodesh HaRachamim, a month of Tshuva, Chodesh HaTshuva, of return. The viability, the sense, the experience of life, of being alive in one's service of Tshuva, in one's receiving sparks of the mercy of heaven, that that itself arouses you, the viability of that experience is today. That's one of the simple explanations of this day, Chayalul. Chayut Chodesh Another important thing about this day that we'll try to relate all of these things together is that this is the first of the twelve last days of the year. The Nechassidut were taught that these twelve last days of the year is a, is a, a unit by itself in addition to the month of Elul in general. And the significance of each day is that each day of these last twelve days corresponds to one of the months of the year that is now passing away. Meaning that this day, Chayalul, corresponds or is the service that one recollects and one is able to make a cheshbon nefesh and to do tshuva for everything that happened last year b'chodesh tishrei and tomorrow, the next day, yutet be'alul corresponds to chodesh cheshvan and so forth until kaftet be'alul erev roshanah, the day before roshanah corresponds to the sachakol the totality, the unity of this month itself of Elul, of Tavshin Nun Bet, which is now passing away and passing into the next year, Tavshin Nun Gimel. Meaning that today, Tishrei, today is the, the Tishrei of the last year as expressed in this last month of the year. The first month of the previous year, the year that's passing away, is in Ba'utzin, the beginning of this period, these last 12 days of the, of the year. Meaning that if we'll try to understand the, the concept involved, or the concept behind the significance of this being the, the first of the 12 days, and the final 12 days of the year, is that today Chayalul is the beginning of the end. The year is ending. It's really ending. And when a year ends, it passes away. It passes away just like a person passes away. It passes out of existence. It dies. As explained in Hasidut, every year has a soul that enlivens that year. A light. A light is a soul that enlivens that year. And when the year is over, the soul is mistalek passes out of the reality of time. Time is a reality. 
just like body is a reality. And every year period of time is a figure, a partzuf, just like a person is a personification of time creation. And when the year is over, that personification, that person passes away. That light, that soul that enlivened the world is mistalek from the world. And then on Rosh Hashanah, when we blow the shofar, the Tkiyat Shofar on Rosh Hashanah, a new soul, a new life is drawn into the reality of time. Meaning that these last 12 days, or the last 12 days of the life of the year, the passing away year. So once more, the experience, not of the first of those last 12 days, is the experience that will explain more in Mirza Shem in the continuation, the experience of the beginning of the end. As everything has three segments to it. Beginning, middle, and end. Or in the terminology of Kabbalah in Hebrew, Rosh Toch Sof, Atas Seiterli. As every unit has a beginning point, an initial point, a middle point, or a middle continuum, and a end point. The beginning has the beginning of the beginning, and the middle of the beginning, and the end of the beginning, and so does the middle, and so does the end. So the end has a beginning, just like the word end. The word for end in Hebrew is sof. Hashem, God, is called Ein Sof, endless, that's the term for infinity. Ein Sof. But Sof, we, Sof is also a very important concept and a very necessary truth and reality. A lot of things have to end. In order to begin something new, you have to end the old. You can't begin the new if you don't end the old. The word for end is Sof, the last verse of Kohelet, which is read at the end of this period of the year, this Kufat HaShanah, which is Chag Sukkot, On Shabbat Cholomoyed Chag Sukkot, related to the whole meaning of Chag Sukkot, we read Ecclesiastics, Kohelet. And there, how does it end? It ends with the word end, even with a big Samech. A Samech Rabati Sof Davar Konishma. Everything has come to an end. And it's all been heard. It's all been internalized. <laughs> Fear God, keep His commandments. That's all that there is to man. That's all that man is. So when that word, Sof Davar, we know that every letter of the 22 letters of the alphabet appears once in the whole Bible as a big letter, a capital letter. And that appearance of the big capital Samech is in this verse, Sof Tavara Konishma, and that big Samech is the beginning of the end. Why is it the beginning of the end? Because it's the beginning of the word that means end. And the word end is Sof, Samech Vav Pei. So that end has a beginning, and it has a middle, and it has an end. The beginning is the Samech, and the middle is the Vav, and the end is the final Pei, Sof. 
So since today, in the year, the significance of this day, Chayalua, once more, has two simple significances. One is it's the life of the whole month of Elul and everything that the month of Elul represents. And second is that it's the, it's the Tishrei. The word Tishrei itself is Reshit. In the verse in Akev that we read a few weeks ago in the Torah reading, it says, May Reshit from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And that phrase is the one and only time in the Bible that the word Reshit is written without an Aleph. And when you write the word Reshit, the beginning without an Aleph, it combines the letters permute to equal the word Reshit, beginning Tishrei. The word Reshit is the month Tishrei. So this day, which is the Tishrei in Elul, is the Tishrei in Elul is the Reshit, Tishrei is Otiot Reshit, is the beginning of the end. And what's more, what is the beginning of the end? That big Samech of Sof. Meaning that the secrets of those two great luminaries, that's the term for the Alter Rebbe, for the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe, Shnei Amorot HaGdodim, the two great luminaries that were born on this day, especially since this year, this day falls on Wednesday, on Yom Dalit, which is the day Shenitlu HaMorot, the day that the two great luminaries were created. Both of them great before the diminishing of the light of the moon. Meaning that Al-Pipshat, the Baal Shem Tov is the sun. And the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, is the moon before it's diminishing. Or the rectification, the Tikkun of Miyuta Yareach. This is the phrase that's used in Hasidot, especially relevant to this year, or to every year that this day of Chayalot falls on a Wednesday, which is the day Shenitlu Hamaorot. So once more, these two great luminaries have to do with this big Samech, Samech Rabati of Sof Davar Akon Nishma, et Hayalokim Yeravi et Mitzvotav Shemor Kizekola Adam. This is what we have to try to understand. What is that big Samech, the beginning of the end? What does that mean? What does that mean for us in our service of Hashem? And what does that mean that today is the day to receive power from this, from this level, this great Samech? So we said that Chayadol is the beginning of the end. The Tishrei, the Teotreshit, Reshit Hashanah, of the end of the Acharit Shana. The Reshit Sheba Acharit. So we mentioned before that Hashem is often referred to, God is often referred to as Ein Sof. There's no end. The endless is the term for infinity. But the Baal Shem Tov and afterwards the Maggid of Mezrich, the disciple of the Baal Shem Tov, said that the term Ein Sof is not really for the being of God, but only to the infinite light that emanates from God. Only the light may be referred to as Ein Sof, as infinity. Whereas the essence is, transcends the concept of infinity is infinite and potentially finite 
at once simultaneously. The essence, the atzmut umahut of Hashem, which is above the concept of Ein Sof, means that there is simultaneously Ein Sof as well as Sof, as Sof Davala Konishma Vehulo. That manifests itself only when the infinite reveals itself and closes itself and reveals itself within the finite or light within vessel light, the word light or equals in sof the Baal Shem Tov used to say about himself that I like light and whenever he used to come into a room that just had there wasn't electricity then it was just candles whenever he used to come into a room with, with a certain amount of candles he also used to say add an additional candle, more candles, more light. But the candle itself, and there itself, which is a soul, Ner Hashem Nishmat Adam, is not just transcendent light by itself, it's light that's held to a wick. Light which is held to a vessel, to a body. Infinity that encloses itself within the garment of the finite. And only in such a phenomenon is the true essence, which is above infinity, manifest. As the finite is the kli, the vessel. The infinite is the light. When light enters into a vessel, one obtains the paradox of infinity within finite reality. And that, once more, is the one and only reflection of the essence of the Almighty, of, of Hashem. Now this essence, this reflection or manifestation of the essence is now beginning to happen. But relative to the whole year, the whole year up until this day of Chayalul is Ein Sof. And at the end has not yet begun. If the end has not yet begun, the experience is one of endlessness. It's just like a child, a young child, has no comprehension of death whatsoever. And even an adult man, his experience is one that does not realize the oncoming end. As though there is no end. As though he has infinite time ahead of him, infinite time to go. So once more relatively, up until this day of Chayalul, the experience of time in the year is the one that doesn't recognize or realize the forthcoming and oncoming end, that it's about to end, it's about to be over, the story is about to close, the curtains are about to close, it's almost over. So the experience is an experience of light. Once more, light is endlessness, Ein Sof. Whereas today is the beginning of the experience of end, that it's coming to a close, it's coming to the end. We hope that it's a happy ending.
Sof Tov Akotov. If the end is good, it's all good. What does that mean positively? In addition to the simple fact that it's that the year is about to pass away. It means that this is the time, these 12 days are the time of taking all of that experience of endlessness, of infinity, and enclosing it within vessels. And these are the days of vessels, of making vessels to contain, making finite vessels to contain the life and energy, the seemingly endless life and energy of all of the experience of the year, of the previous year. How do we do that? We do that al pipshat by Cheshbon HaNefesh. When I think today of what happened, and I try to recollect, and this is very difficult, for, it's not a simple task at all, to try to recollect what happened Tishrei, last Tishrei. So Tishrei has holidays, maybe it's a little bit easier to, to recollect. But then the, tomorrow to recollect Cheshbon and so forth, to recollect each one of the months of the previous year, it's not at all simple. And if one tries to relive to relive the months of the previous year and these 12 last days of this present year, and that recollection itself, that reliving it of itself, is making the, fin the finite vessel for the infinite, infinite experience of time that one had during the duration of the year. Once more, let's try to explain it a little bit deeper. Before a person passes away, he writes a tzava'ah, he writes a last will and testimony. In the tzava'ah that he writes, he, he instructs his children and all of those souls that he intends to give to, to benefit from his life's experience, whether physically to give inheritance or spiritually to give over everything that he learned through the trials and tribulations of his life in Chacham Kibbalani Sayon. And we find that many tzavot, many last wills and testimonies are the conclusion of all that one had, has learned, the wisdom of life that he wants to give over to the generation and the generations to come. Through that act of writing and giving a tzava'ah, let us mention by the way that there's a Sefer of the Baal Shem Tov, that today is his birthday. Well, the paradox of today, we're talking now about the beginning of the end, and the beginning of the end is the birthday of the two great luminaries, the Baal Shem Tov and the, and the Alter Reb. There's a sefer of the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov that's called Tzava'at Rivash, the last will and testimony of the Baal Shem Tov. The Alter Rebbe makes a point in Sefer Atani to say that it's a mistake, that he never wrote a last will and testimony. Nonetheless, his disciples, when they gathered together his sayings and his teachings, they called it, they called his teachings, the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov, the Yom Hulevet of today, Tzava'at Harivash, the last will and testimony of the Baal Shem Tov. Why? Why did they call it by that name? Because the Alter Rebbe doesn't explain why, he just says that it's a mistake. 
He never wrote a Tzavah, seeming to mean that it's against his nature. That it's not Shaykh, not Shaykh. Nonetheless, the disciples wrote this book, the anthology of his sayings and teachings, and called it by the name Savata Rivash. Why? The simple reason why the teachings of the Bashemta were great light, was all light. When a person writes a tzavah or gives over a tzavah, just like now we're reading the last portions of the Torah, that Moshe Rabbeinu, the whole book of Devarim, Moshe Rabbeinu said as a last will and testimony to the Jewish people, as Rashi explains in, in Humash Tvarim. And this is what one leaves over. Because before we said that the year is about to pass away, it's passing out, it's fading out. Because this day of Chayalu is the beginning of the fade out, the fade out of the previous year. Whenever something in Kedushah, some, some holy essence, when it fades out or passes away, passes out of existence, it must leave its impression on existence to be. That impression that it leaves, that it leaves, that one generation leaves its impression on the generation to come and on to all generations to come, that in Kabbalah is called the Rishimu. Even Hashem in the secret, the mystery of the creation of the whole world, of the whole universe, Kabbalah teaches us that He caused a vacuum to become within His infinite light, meaning that within that vacuum He passed away, Silukaor, He Himself, His own infinite light, disappeared. But nonetheless, an impression of Rashimu of Himself of his being remained within the vacuum of his passing out and fading out of the reality of this vacuum in which all of the worlds are about to be created so what does it mean it means that the, how, how does one do that how does one create the, the, the finite vessels for the infinite light and that these finite vessels will remain their impression will remain even when the light disappears and once more the disappearance of the light is in order to permit and allow a new and greater and higher light to appear when we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah a new and greater higher light is drawn down but nonetheless that new and greater higher light wants to benefit from the impression of the previous light just like a new generation wants to benefit from all of the wisdom of the life of one's ancestors. How does one do that? One does that by recollecting his life. On a birthday, one, this once more, this is a birthday of the two great luminaries of Hasidut, of the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe. The most important minhag, Yom Holedet, the custom that we perform, all of us perform, are supposed to perform on one's birthday, is to recollect one's life up until date. The recollection itself is a service, an avodah, avodat yom holedet. By recollecting one's life, all of the infinite experience receives vessels that its impression can go on. The fact that one's origin of soul, one's Shorash Neshama, gains great strength 
on one's birthday, mazalagober, that great strength is the strength to make finite vessels for infinite life. As we know that the Shorash HaKilim is Bigvura de Ensof, Mipiagvura, the strength, Gover, of the Mazal is the ability to make Kilim. And once more, how does one make Kilim? Through recollection, through Zikaron. One of the great deep things that the Baal Shem Tov, that we know from the Baal Shem Tov, is that whenever a new disciple used to enter the chamber of the Baal Shem Tov and enter to his first Yechidut, his first private session with the Baal Shem Tov, the first thing that the Baal Shem Tov would ask him, he would turn to him and ask him in Yiddish, what do you remember? What is your first memory? This is something essential about this month of, of Elul. The month of Elul is the month that one receives strength and light and mercy from, a, from heaven, from above, to arouse from below. One of the greatest examples of arousing from below because of mercy shining from above, mercy which is unconscious, shining from above, giving you strength to arouse from below. That's the ability to remember. person remembers, it's as though I might I remember. But one doesn't remember all the time, especially deep things of the remote past. The arousal from above that you yourself remember from below, that's one of the classic examples in Kabbalah of Hasidut of Kitarut of the Le'ela, of arousal from below that, that, that brings one, gives one the strength to arouse from below. Once more, that especially happens on this day. When one remembers some remote event of the past, of the primordial past, one receives a great shot of life. Of life coming back to a surge a great surge of light, of life. The recalling, the recollecting is re-experiencing life. And in this moment that I recollect, I, a tremendous viability, liveliness comes to me. This is connected to what we said before that today is high Elul, the life of Elul. It's connected to what we said before that the Talmudim, the disciples of the Baal Shem Tov said that any itarut dilatata that comes to a person is usually because of either consciously or, or not so consciously recollecting, recalling a recall from the ancient remote past of his source of being and thereby longing to return. What is tshuva? Tshuva is return. One wants to return just psychologically. They say that a person longs to return to the womb. When does that longing become conscious? When he recalls the womb. But to recall the, the womb is a very, very uh, deep and uh, even esoteric experience. 
in order to be able to recall the ancient past, the womb, and then become consciously longing to return to it, that itself demands an arousal from above, of mercy, rachamim. Rachamim is also from the word rechem, rechem ha'in, the womb. But when one does merit to recall the ancient origin of one's soul, and thereby begin to, to long to return and to become united with one's source, at that moment one experiences a surge of life, of chai, of chayut. If a person returns just because he's told that you have to be good, you have to do good, and you're now leading your way of life that you're leading at present is not tata, even though the Torah itself teaches him and instructs him that, that you've done so and so of a road, and you have to do tshuva, without longing, without recognizing and recalling one source. That's the lower level of tshuva. That's up until chayalul, below adbihla. But chayalul, it's explained in Chasidot, begins tshuva ila'ah. And tshuva ila'ah is tshuva when it becomes, when one becomes conscious of one's source and the long to return to the source. And the way to do it is through Torah Mitzvot. But not just because I'm a bad guy and I have to become good, which is tshuva tata. Well, now we're trying to get deeper into what these days represent and what the concept of beginning of the end is. Whenever something begins, also the very concept of beginning is life. The word tchila hachel, chayil, is related to the word chay in Hebrew, in the Shona Kodesh. When one begins, when one experiences a new beginning, that's an experience of life. So once more, in this day also, which is the beginning of the end, there's some life, a surge, once more, a surge of life in coming to the end. What is, this, what is the surge of life of coming to the end? It's the, the recognition or the ability that I can be t remain alive even after one passes away. How so? By leaving a tzava'ah. How, how do I do that? By recalling my own life. And this concept is called the concept of Rashimu in Kabbalah, is identical with the concept in other parts of the Torah, Hasharat HaNefesh, that the soul remains. And not only does the soul remain above when it leaves the body, but it leaves its impression on the world below by the words, just as explained in Hasidut, the words of Torah and the words of Yirat Shamayim, and the good words and the good deeds that one has done in this world, it leaves its hasharat nefesh even when it passes away from this world. It still remains in this world. Just like it says that when Tzadikim, when we read words and we learn the Torah and we read words that the Tzadikim said and teachings of the Tzadikim in this world, their lips move and speak in the grave. Dovev siftei yeshanim. Siftotav dovavot pakever. Is that life remains even when it appears that life has passed away. The fact that life remains, that one remains even though it appears that one has left this world, one still remains in the world. 
that experience of life, that experience of, of idud, of encouragement, that even though one is about to leave, one is going to still remain, that's the life of Chayalun, of today, the Chayalun in relation to the previous year. What does that mean, Al-Pipshat? As we said before, Al-Pipshat, that means that one learns from all of the experience of this year for the sake of all of the years to come. The summary. But to be able to recall, that itself demands, requires great arousement from above. Of Rachamim Rabim. Of Yud Gimu Midot Rachamim. Vos gedenks to what do you remember? What do you remember of this year? Once more, this was all to explain the concept that the end is not always a bad concept. And now let's try to recall what we just said. Rikitsur. To make a regime and all of it remain. That end, Hashem is called Ein Sof. But Sof is not a bad concept. Not necessarily a bad kata end. Because the essence of Hashem is above infinite and finite. Just the opposite. The, the power and might of the essence of the being of God expresses itself more in the finite vessel than even in the infinite light. And especially in the ability of the infinite light to enter and to live and to give life to the finite vessel. So in the end, the beginning of the end is the beginning, the first expression of power to bring infinite and often unrelated or hovering experience that is not realized to bring it into a state of, to bring it down into a state of, of realization, of finite vessels and ability to express it in finite words, give it over in finite words. That's what happens, that's what begins to happen today on Hayalu. Now there's another very simple good thing about end is now the, is the beginning of the end, besides this deep teaching of end that we just now explained at some length, that end means the ability to bring the infinite into the finite. Bligvu bigvu. There's another simple good thing about the concept of end, as is the, there's a famous expression when one comes, approaches the end of the year, one says, let the year and all of its curses end, let the old year with all of its curses end, and let the new year with all of its blessings begin. So there's something also about this day of Chayalul that all of the curses of the previous year are ending and even though we're not 12 days before the beginning of the new year but since we're now experiencing the beginning of the end there's a, an experience, an element of beginning in this day which is the beginning of the new year with all of its blessings and the end of the old year with all of its curses. So what, 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 is there, what does end mean there? We have two different now meanings for end, either a, a totally positive meaning, that end is the ability to draw down infinity into finite vessels and thereby retain experience even when, it when the light passes away from reality, passes out of reality. And a second, even simpler meaning is that if there's negative phenomena, curses, within reality, and is the, is the greatest, is the greatest thing. 
Because it means that all of the bad things are going to come to an end. So that's even a simpler good meaning for end. The darkness has an end to it. Bad, evil has an end to it. And as we'll explain the continuation, even death has an end to it. Meaning that end has an end to it. And if end represents death, that also has an end. So the end is also going to come to an end. So that's a simple good meaning of the, of the concept end. That anything which is negative is, is finite. So that even the, when one does an, an evil action, the ramifications are finite. When one does a good act and mitzvah, the ramifications are infinite. As good as infinite, evil is finite. So that's great, that Baruch Hashem, that evil and everything that evil represents and all of the ramifications of evil are all finite. And it's all going to come to an end. The Golos is going to come to an end. What's the most important thing that we want to end right now? The Golos, exile. The spiritual exile, the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, the physical exile of the Jewish people. This Torah reading, which is the 50th Torah reading of the year, which is the secret of Shalhan Nun, when Moshe Rabbeinu is mistalek, when Moshe Rabbeinu passes away from the earth, at that very moment is revealed to him the 50th gate, the Shalhan Nun, which is the Atzmuta Elokut. And this reading, Kitavo, this portion that we read now in this, in this week of Chayalu, is the 50th portion of the Torah. In the first verse, Kitavo, the there are 50 letters. And the, the, the name of the parasha, which is Kitavo, is the antithesis of Galut. This Torah reading, once more, is very special, that it has, it's the 50th. In this Torah reading, all of the curses end, because they're all stated. The whole Tochacha, with all the Tzadikhet, the 98 curses, are all stated in this Torah reading, but they all come to an end, they're over, it's 98. It all comes to an end, it's all finite. It's so finite to the extent that when the Alter Rebbe himself, that today he's beginning, by the way, to read chapter 98 in Tehillim for the second time, the second round, as we know from the Baal Shem Tov, one of the great important minagim of the Baal Shem Tov, that on every year one reads the chapter of Tehillim, which is the year of one's life, the year that one is now presently in, meaning the birthday to come. And when you finish, when you reach the age of 150, then you start over again from the beginning. So now today the Alter Rebbe will explain in the continuation of Mirza Shem is beginning chapter 98 for the second time, second round of Sefer Tehillim. In this Torah reading there are 98 curses, but it says, there's a famous story of the Mithra Rebbe, that when, when the Alter Rebbe, the Mithra Rebbe, the son of the Alter Rebbe, the one time he heard the Torah reading of this parashah of Kitabo, read by somebody else, always his father used to read the Torah, that once his father was away, and he heard when he was a young boy, he heard the, the Torah portion read by somebody else, just a normal, regular Jew, good Jew, and when he heard the curses, he fainted, and he became so sick, that a few weeks afterwards at Yom Kippur he was still so sick in bed that it was a question whether he was, would be able to fast that day of Yom Kippur or not. 
after he fainted and became sick by hearing the curses read in the Torah, which is all holy, kadosh kadosh, by someone else besides his father. Afterwards he, he said, when, my, when I hear it from my father, I don't hear curses. Before the curse even comes out of his mouth, it's already ended. It's already over and already transformed into a blessing. That's why blessings are infinite, curses are finite. And when a great tzaddik even reads a curse, it simultaneously becomes a blessing.
So that's the that's all in this portion. And the name of this Torah reading Kitavo actually equals is the antithesis, the anti-power of the concept Galut. Galut is exile. Why is Kitavo the hipuch, the antithesis of exile? Because the very pshat, what does it say? When you enter, when you come into the earth, to the land, to the land of Israel. The Dat al Pshat is the Lu'umatze, Lu'umatze the antithesis, the anti of Galut. Just as we know, and we'll explain more in the continuation, that everything has an anti-power. Mashiach, that we're now waiting for every day, his anti-power is Nachash, the primordial snake of Gan Eden, and that's why Nachash equals numerically Mashiach. In the same way, the anti-concept and power of Galut is this week's Torah reading Kitavu El the 50th the Shalanun that is revealed to Moshe Rabbeinu in the moment of his passing out and away of this realm of reality the Shalanun the 50 letters in the first verse of the Hayat Kitavu El so once more what did we now explain we explained that the concept end has two meanings two good meanings one is the deep meaning that end is the ability to create vessels finite vessels for infinite experience and number two is the simple thing which probably precedes the deeper meaning of end that end is the power to stop to cease negative phenomena whether it's Choshech or whether it's Galut, exile, Ketz the Galut, meaning also that the power to stop the beginning of the ability to stop negativity, and that itself has a surge of life to it, that also is the deep meaning of this day, of Chayalot, the beginning of the end, which is the beginning of receiving the power to stop the curses of this year up until now that's just like these two meanings of end are just like explained in Kabbalah what takes place in Brit Milah in circumcision that the foreskin is cut off and thereby the Zera Emet the infinite light of the seed is able to, to be revealed in, in physical form in the physical seed in the physical body that's born from the physical seed the, the holiness of the seed is not will never reveal itself especially will never be able to become physical the infinity of Kedushat Zera Emet Zera Yisra until the foreskin is cut off and the whole secret of Brit Milah is also the secret of this month of Elul as we know that the, mo the most important verse in the Torah that hints at the month of Elul is the verse that reads that Hashem shall circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants, of your seed. And in that verse, that Hashem will circumcise your heart and the heart of your seed, those four words, the initial letters of those four words are Elul. 
The end of the verse is Laman Chayecha in order that you experience life. The whole verse has 18 words and 67 letters. 18 is Chai and 67 is Elul. The most, the essential verse in the Torah, in the Chamishachum Shei Torah, that hints at the whole month of Elul, is the verse that Hashem shall circumcise your heart and the heart of your seed. The initial letters are Elul. The end of the verse is Chayecha, your life. And the whole verse possesses Chay, 18 words, and 67, which equals Elul letters. I mean, it's an explicit, a most explicit reference and hint at this day. Chai Elul. Once more, two ends happen in the act of circumcision. The one is that one puts an end to the foreskin, to the klipah, one cuts it off. And that demands an act of strength, of might, to cut it off. Havdalah. And at that moment that it's cut away, at that moment, the infinite is able to create for itself a finite physical vessel, which is the seed that gives birth to a finite Jewish body with an infinite divine soul. And this is all what takes place today. L'chaim, l'chaim. In the Sifrei Kabbalah, there's an even deeper meaning of this day, that if we understand, we'll shed a lot of light on what we and we've set up until now. And that's that the month of Elul is also the month, according to Rebbe Eliezer, and this is the way that we paskin in our davening on Roshona, this is the month of the creation of the world. Rosh Hashanah is the day that is the birthday of Adam Rishon of Adam. Just like today is the birthday of the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe, the birthday, the day that Adam, was, Adam and Eve were created was on Rosh Hashanah. Meaning that that day is the sixth day of creation. Meaning that the first day of creation is, according to our present calendar, the 25th day of Elul. On Kabbalah were taught that the seven days of creation that are related in the Ra, Maasev Rishit, are actually the days, the seven days of creating the Olam HaTikun, the world of rectification, which implies that previously, before these seven days of Briat Olam HaTikun, there was a previous week of seven days during which were created the world of chaos that broke, that died. Each day of the Olam Hato corresponds to a king is called in the Bible, is hinted at in the Bible as a king, one of the Edomite kings. There are seven Edomites reigned before the first Jewish king reigned. The reigning of Jewish kings represents the beginning of the creation of the world of rectification, Olamatikun. But previously seven Edomite kings reigned, and each one, it says, of each one, Vayimloch, 
via Mot that he reigned for a short period of a momentary period of time and immediately collapsed and died by Imloch Vayamot. And those seven attempts to reign, to reign means the ability to control and to even rectify all of reality, all of existence. Meaning that each one of these seven Edomite kings also tried to rule over the whole universe, to control and to bring it to, to stability and equilibrium, but they failed. They failed to bring reality to a state of harmony and equilibrium, and therefore, thereby, they themselves collapsed one after the other. Now the Torah gives names, gives explicit names to each one of these seven kings, the first of which his name is Bela ben Baor, and if we calculate the seven days retrospectively from Kafhei Be'elul, so those seven days begin from today. And this is what the Kabbalah teaches us, that the deep secret of this day of Chayalul is the beginning of the week that precedes the creation of the universe as related in the beginning of the Torah. Meaning that this day is the day of the first of those seven primordial Edomite kings that momentarily reigned and then collapsed. Because they were unable, because of their ego, their inherent innate ego of Ana Emloch, I shall reign, each one expressed and said, I shall rectify all of reality. I can do it all by myself. Each one entered the scene with that attitude, that appraisal of self. I shall reign and I shall do it all alone. And because each one entered into the scene of reality with that statement of that that itself means that he is an Edomite king and not a king of Israel, because the king of Israel enters into his kingdom to rule over his kingdom, to control reality with a sense of humility, of shiflut, of innate humility. Shiflut is the inner essence of holy kingdom, the kingdom of Israel. Whereas the kingdom of Edom, the Edomite kingdom, is entering the scene, entering one's kingdom with a sense of I, my ego, my super ego will do it all, will succeed by itself, by myself. And therefore each one momentarily rules over reality, but then immediately collapses. So once more, this day of Hayalul in Kabbalah is the first of these seven days. And according to Kabbalah, the first king, whose name is Bela ben Baor, that that's, this is his day, or the day that he ruled and that he failed and collapsed. He corresponds to the Sfirah, to the power of Da'at, of knowledge, of the ability to contact. But his Da'at is like the Eitzhadat Tovarah, it's self, it's the essence of self-consciousness. Of ra- rather than knowing the other, knowing Hashem and knowing the other soul and connecting to the other soul, marrying one's soulmate in truth, 
transcending one's own ego, he just knows himself. Knowing oneself is self-consciousness. That's the problem of this soul, of the first king of Edom, that he is, since he is the first, he is all-inclusive of all of the kings to follow. Bela ben Baor. So what does it mean that the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe were both born on this day, the two great luminaries of Hasidut? Meaning that, that their power, the power of Hasidut, is the power to rectify at a higher level, a primordial, previous, a higher level than the level of the to-date world of rectification. To bring into a state of harmony and rectification and equilibrium the great Orot Merubim infinite lights that were expressed in this primordial world of chaos. The Kabbalah teaches that the primordial world of chaos had greater infinite lights. Orot Merubim. That the Kelim, the vessels of that world were too small to handle, to contain the lights. And the lights were so great that when they entered into the to be vessel they shattered the vessel apart to receive and the effect of that shattering breaking of the vessels is all of the unrectified reality that we experience in our lower worlds in our self-conscious worlds of creation whereas when the Hashem himself rectified the higher world of emanation about Sidut that's above but the remnants is that this day has to do with positive remnants. Whenever there's something positive, there's something negative that corresponds to it. The negative remnants of the primordial world of chaos, that's what we experience, all of the curses, the bad things that we experience in our lower reality. Now once more, the world of chaos had Orot Murubim, had gr- much greater, stronger, intense and brilliant lights than the lights of the world of Tikkun, even, in, even at the level of emanation of Atzidut. But the vessels were small. They couldn't, con- they couldn't handle and control and contain the lights. And that's why they shattered apart. So what is the meaning that the two great luminaries of Hasidut are born on this day? The meaning is that they are the power, their souls, and they give us the power to create vessels, as we said before, that end the beginning of the end is the ability to create vessels that can hold stably in a sense of stability and equilibrium and harmony those infinitely great lights which are much, much greater, infinitely greater than all of the divine lights that shine at present even in the world of Atzilut, the world of rectification. This is the the deeper meaning in the terminology of Kabbalah of this day, Chayalot. And what it means, with this, the Kabbalah teaches us what happens on Kabbalah. The Kabbalah doesn't take into account that the two great luminaries, the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe, are born on this day. Now actually, this day, on the very same day of Kabbalah, is another great event that happened. Eighty-nine years before the, the birth of the Baal Shem Tov, the ancestor, the first ancestor of the Alter Rebbe passed away. It was actually his Histalkut. Who is that? The Maharal Miprag. But today is also the Yorzeit, 
Chayalul is the Yorzeit of the Maharal. As he, with all of his life's work, ascended on this day, and then 89 years later, was born into the world on this very day, the Baal Shem Tov, another 47 years later, was born into the world, into this world, the Alta Rebbe, the first leader and founder of Chabad. Meaning these two souls descended in response to the ascent, the Yisdalkut of the Maharami Prague. And what was the great teaching of the Maharami Prague that he innovated into Jewish thought, or he made conscious? Before it was present, but it wasn't so conscious. His great teaching is that God, that the essence of Hashem, cannot be related to logically. That God is above logic. In this point, he disagreed with the teaching of the Rambam, of Maimonides. That God is not controlled by logic, he creates logic. And therefore, he is not bound by the principles of logic and of mind whatsoever. This is the greatest point as explained in Hasidut that was taught by the Maharal. When he passed away from this plane, and that brings down masculine waters which give birth to new souls. And the two new souls that were born because of the ascent of the feminine waters of the Maharami Prag were the Alter Rebbe and were the Baal Shem Tov first and then the Alter Rebbe. The secret of the, of the number of years is a verse in the Yov and Job, it says, the mama the kol eshma. It's, it's a verse which is similar to the phrase which is much more common and known, called the mama daka, that when Eliyahu Navi experienced Hashem himself, he experienced Hashem himself as a small silent voice. Called the mama daka, but there's another corresponding verse in Job that reads, the mama the kol eshma, silence and voice I hear. It's a simultaneous paradox. Once more, the Maharal of Prague is the first teacher of divine paradox, which is the essence of Kabbalah, especially Hasidut. One of the expre- one of the most important expressions of paradox in the Bible is the simultaneous experience of total silence and divine voice, as in the expression called the Mamadaka and also in the verse in Job that reads the Mama, the Kol Eshma, silence and voice, I hear. The word silence, the Mama equals 89, the, verse vo- the word voice is 136. From the passing of the Maharal to the birth of the Baal Shem Tov, there's 89 years. From the passing of the Maharal to the birth of the Alter Rebbe, is 136 years. This is the verse which is the Siman, for the relation between the Maharal, his passing from the earth, and the birth of the two great luminaries all on this day of Chayalul, that the relation that means that the relative relation between the Baal Shem and the Alter Rebbe is that of the dimension of silence deriving from the Maharal and the dimension of voice deriving from the Maharal Mipad. That the Baal Shem is the birth the manifestation of this side. Every paradox has two sides to it, two simultaneous sides to it. The side of standing in silence and awe before the presence of God. That's the dimension of the Baal Shem Tov. Whereas the dimension of the ability to teach 
what God is, as it were, that's the voice, that's the dimension of the Alter Rebbe, the founder of Chabad, one for the verse, for the two of them in relation to the Marami Prague is this verse in Job, the Mama, the Kol, Eshmai, here simultaneously absolute silence together with divine voice. So that was just to explain that there's another very important thing on this day, which is the the Yistalkut, uh, the yard site of the Maharami Prague, Bishnat Shin Samechtet. Then Bishnat Nachat is the birth of the of the Baal Shem Tov, Vishnat Kahat is the birth of the Alter Rebbe. Once more, this all has to do with the beginning of the end. So once more, in Kabbalah, we're taught that the, this day is the day of the rule of the first of the seven kings, that each one possessed Orot Merubim, infinitely great lights, but Kelimuatim, and the, the, all of the holy events that take place on this day are the creation of Kelim Rubim that are able to contain and reveal the infinite Orot Rubim of Ulamato. Just as the Rabbi Shlita said a year and a half ago almost, that the only, the one and only way to bring Mashiach is Orot Rubim of To in Kelim Nechavim of Tikkun. The only one way to bring Mashiach now, that we can help bring Mashiach now, is to bring down the great infinite light of Tohu, into widened, broadened, developed, mature vessels of tikkun, or the, the vessels of the world of chaos of Torah, of Torah were immature. To be a small vessel means psychologically to be immature. To be a, a broad vessel means psychologically to be mature. To be mature enough to handle finitely infinite experience that that's a great level of maturity. But that's the maturity, the power that is given to us by the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe. The ability, the maturity to contain, to incorporate in one's experience, one's being, to integrate into oneself the infinite lights of Torah. Now, in particular, the two, there are two names, this, this first king of Edom that reigns today, that primordially reigned and died today, and this both is, is a tzaddik, was both born and, and mistalik on the same day, <laughs> the Madrig of Tzadikim. So that one is, his, his name is Bela ben Boor. It's almost identical to Bil'am ben Boor. That's why the Kabbalah, the Kabbalah teaches us that actually it's the same soul. The same soul that afterwards appeared as Bil'am, the anti of Moshe Rabbeinu, Lokambi Yisok Moshe Navi. His anti is Bil'am ben Boor, who also represents Dat. Just by taking off the last letter Mem Sofit of Bil'am, it becomes Bela ben Boor which is exactly the name of this first Edomite king who corresponds to the Sphira of Dat. Once more, Dat in the sense of self-consciousness, of over-super-experience of ego, of self, and thereby inability to appreciate and experience and connect to the other. 
That name has two words to it, Bela and Boor. Bela means to swallow in Hebrew, to swallow up. And Boor means to be burnt out, means to burn, to burn away. So that king of Edom, this is his day, and once more, this is the day to rectify him, is the concept of swallowing the sun of burning. Also, Bilam himself is Balaam, that's a Midrash of Chazal, that Bilam wanted, when he wanted to curse the Jewish people, he wanted to swallow up the people. Balaam, that's what he was trying to do, to swallow them up. But his curse was changed into a blessing. Meaning that there's a blessing about swallowing, there's also a blessing about burning. Now, Pipshat burning is one of the four archetypes of evil, of damage, a fire that goes and burns and destroys in some state of reality. But just like there's bad burning, but he was burnt out altogether on this day, Bela bin Boor. Just like there's bad burning, there's also good burning, as well explained. And just like there's bad swallowing, there's also good swallowing. So the deep truth is that Bela, once more the king of this day of Hayalul, his name is the Swallow, son of the burn. That's Bela ben Boor. And as we'll explain now, the, the Alter Rebbe always used to relate to the Baal Shem Tov as his grandfather, Zayda. I mean, he is his actual descendant, and the Baal Shem Tov is his actual ancestor. So since they were both born on the same day, as we'll explain, the Bela, the swallowing of Kedushah, is the power of the Alter Rebbe, which is the power of Chabad, of Chasidut Chabad. And the burning up of Kedusha, the antithesis of the bad burnout, is the power of the Baal Shem Tov himself. And that's the secret of this name, Bela ben Boor, where the swallow and the son of the burn. That in Kedusha, that's the Alter Rebbe who is the son, the descendant of the Baal Shem Tov. The two names of the king, the first all-inclusive king of Edom that reigns and dies today, his name is Bela bin Boar, the swallow, the son of the burn. The positive swallow is, as we mentioned the verse before, that in the future it says, Bila hamavet lanetzach, that Hashem himself will swallow up death forever, for eternity. Which means that he will swallow up and bring an end to the end, forever and ever. That's the positive swallow. That once more this happens, this, the power of this is present today. The positive burn, there are several positive burns. There's one positive burn in the book of Isaiah that reads, that the salvation of the Jewish people shall burn like a torch which means that salvation itself shall burn but that's the burn that we're now waiting for the burn of the salvation the Yeshua Ta Kilapid Yiv'ar 
there's another positive burn in the in the Bible in the Sefer Sefer Tehillim in in, in the Psalms that says Bahagigitiv al Esh Cham libi bekirbi Bahagigitiv al Esh dibarti bilashoni my heart, when one meditates and contemplates the greatness and the infinity of Hashem, it says that my heart becomes warm. When the Baal Shem Tov used to bless a Jewish child, he used to put his hand over his heart and used to bless him with the phrase, O Sina Dharma Yid, you should become a warm Jew. And where is the warmth in the heart? The Shpola Zedi used to say that he was with tremendous fervor and heat his whole life because one time the Baal Shem Tov placed his holy hand over his heart and brought warmth and heat into his heart. That is related to a verse in Psalms that says, My heart is warm inside of me. When I contemplate, a fire burns inside of my heart. Then I go on to express it, to say it with my mouth, with my tongue. That's another very important positive burn. Then there's another burn that appears many times in the Torah, in the Torah readings of now of the end of the Sefer Tvarim, that says many, many times, even seven times, it says, Uvi'arta harami kirbecha, that you shall burn out all of the evil from your midst. Meaning that burn, is according to this last verse, what's more, this is the verse that appears very often in the, in the, in the Torah itself, in the Hamisha Chum Torah, the positive burn is burning away, annihilating evil. The power, this positive burn, which also derives from meditation, is the power to burn out all of the evil in one's guts, mikirbecha, one's insides. So what does it mean? It means that, that, that burning is the rectification of evil. Swallowing is the rectification of death. But there are two bad things in the world. One is called Mavet and the other is called Ra. How do we know that these are the two archetype bad things in reality, we see at the end of, of the of, of Parashat Nitzavim that we'll read next week, Natati et Behold, see, I have placed before you today life and good, and the two opposites of life and good, which are death and evil, shall choose life. Those two words, those two concepts, the two sides of bad of the Sitra Akhra, which are Mavet and Ra. Mavet equals 446 and Ra equals 270. Together they equal 716. 716 is two times Mashiach, meaning that the Erech the average value, the number which is in between, the middle point between evil and death, which means the power to rectify both of these evil sides is Mashiach. Mashiach is in between, is the middle point between Ra and Mavet. The power to do away with Mavet is Bilaha Mavet Lanetza, to swallow it up. The power to do away with evil is, is, is the consuming fire. 
Now as we said before, the secret, the deep secret of this day of Chayadul is the big Samich of Sof, the beginning of the word end, which is Sof. In Kabbalah we're taught that that big Lamed, that big Samich of Sof, is the, is the secret of La'atid Lavo Ima Ila'a, the higher mother. I'm not going to say Bikitsur since we have to begin the end, or we have to get, wind up the end. So, Ima Ila'a, the higher, the supernal mother, in Kabbalah is the letter Samech because this the beginning of the end is the Samech what is the Samech? Samech is Samech Hashem Lechol Anoflim Samech is the, the support of all of the fallen ones the first fallen one is this today the first king that fell and died and collapsed on this day and Hashem supports him Samech Samech Hashem Lechol Anoflim the Samech is also the Rashi Tevot of the three words of Slicha, forgiveness that we ask on before this coming Shabbat, Motzei Shabbat, we're going to begin according to Minhag Ashkenazim, to Bichot, Minhag Sparatim, also already begun saying Slichot from Rosh Chodesh Elul. Slichot is asking for forgiveness. There are three words, terms for forgiveness when we ask to Hashem to forgive us. One is slach, slach lano, the second is mechal lano, the third is kapel lano. Forgive us, pardon us, atone for us. The, the three words slach, mechal, kapel, in the order that we say them are the Rashi Tevot, the initial letters of the word samech. The two inner letters, the two pregnant letters in the terminology of Kabbalah of the letter samech are memchaf, and the samech is 60. The two letters which are pregnant within the Samach are Mem Chaf, which are 40 and 20, also equals 60. It's the only letter that both the pregnant letters equal, or there are other letters that the pregnant letters equal the letter itself. But the unique thing about Samach is the only letter that both the pregnant letters equal the letter itself, and both it's a numerical progression. What is the numerical progression? 60, 40, 20. What happens after 60, 40, 20? Not only does the 40, 20 equal the 60, but the progression of, of minus 20, of 60, 40, 20, what's the number that follows? Zero. Samech, <laughs> Samech is 60, 40, 20, and what comes after that? Zero. <laughs> what's the zero? The Samech itself. What's the Samech? Zero. <laughs> And what happens, what comes before the Samech? The pay, the pay is the last letter of souls. The end comes before the beginning. The end of the end is the pay. And then comes the beginning of the end, which is the Samech. And the Samech then goes down, Samech, 60, 40, 20, zero. And that's the secret of that big zero of the Samech, which is the big Samech of souls, is the world to come, or as explained in the Kabbalah, is called La'atid Lavo, which are the six, 60 is six times ten, is the six higher spirot of the supernal mother of Ima'ilah, the Keter Chochma Bina, and as well as the Chesed Burati Feret of Ima'ilah. For the Samech, which is called La'atid Lavo, the circle, the state of equality, the revelation of the divine absolute equality of all, that the all is equal is also all is divine. That equality of divinity, that summit, that circle, that zero, that process, that progression that, that becomes zero, Ephes, that Ephes, the end of Ephes is 
Samech. Hefez is also Pei Aleph Pei Samech. That progression itself is has two levels to it. The higher level is the Kechab, the Keter Chokma Bina Avimeila. The lower level is the Chagat, the Chesed Gvurati Peres. The Chesed Gvurati Peres, the Chagat Avimeila, which is the every circle has two semicircles, a higher semicircle and a lower semicircle. The higher semicircle of the Samech in Kabbalah is the Kechab, the Keter Chokma Bina of Imaila. The lower semicircle of the Samech in Kabbalah is Chagat Chesek Vurati Peret. The secret of Bala, the ability to swallow up death, that's the higher semicircle of the Samech. The higher semicircle of the Samech swallows up death. What does that mean in the service of Hashem? The teaching of Chabad, the innovation of Chabad of the Alta Rebbe is explained in Kundra Sayyid Paolo to the Mitra Rebbe and other places. The, both the Baal Shem Tov also taught meditation and other branches of Hasidut also teach meditation. What is the unique quality of meditation as taught in Chabad which is not taught in, other, in the other branches of Hasidut? The unique thing is that one in one's deep particular Yitponenut Patit becomes swallowed into the meditation. Not only does he integrate the meditation into himself, that any meditation that one conceives and one understands, Bina means understanding, Bina. In Bina there are two levels of Bina. The lower Bina is understanding something which means Klita, to absorb it and integrate it into itself. The higher Bina, Bina Ilah, as explained in Hasidut, is that you yourself become swallowed into the meditation. Not that you swallow the meditation into yourself, but you yourself become swallowed into the meditation. And that's the unique property of Chabad, which is not, which is not expressed, not taught, and not given over by other, either the other branches of Hasidut. That when a person is able, his whole essence, his whole soul, his whole consciousness is swallowed into the meditation of God. Means that he himself is swallowed into God in his act of meditation. What that, what that means physically is that death, which is his cessation, his end, is swallowed up. But for the service of Chabad is the higher semicircle of the Samech of the forgiveness of these days, what were the psalmist of the forgiveness, the slicha mechila kapra of these days, and the higher semicircle of that psalmich is bilah hamavet lanetzach ubachadar chayim. The lower semicircle is boor. Boor is the lave, but the origin of the lave of the heart is chagat of imailah, and that's the burning klot hanefesh. The standing in awe, and one's heart burning for Hashem. One other meaning of burning is Vani Bar The same word in Hebrew that means to burn also means illiterate. A simple person that doesn't know how to read and write is called a bar. And that bar is the same word in Hebrew for burning. And David Amelech, King David himself, the Mashiach, says, Vani Bar, I am as an illiterate person, an idiot. But the word bar is a dumb idiot. That's what it means. That I, Arvani Bar, Veloida, I am a dumb idiot, Veloida, I know nothing. Behemot Haiti I am an animal, just like an animal with you. And we know that the Baal Shem Tov was the, was the Gilgul of the Nefesh of David Amelech. The Baal Shem Tov is the soul of David Amelech. And the Baal Shem Tov loved simple Jews. 
the simple, the most important teaching of the Baal Shem Tov is that he loved and was connected and he revealed the innate essence and infinity and more than infinity, the innate being of a simple illiterate Jew that knows nothing, that's a dumb idiot. And that dumb, that loving of a dumb idiot, that's for Ani Baal, that's the other meaning of the word Baal, which is Baal. Baal is to be burnt up and burnt away. And once more in its origin, that's for Ani Baal, that's the lower semicircle of the Samech, which is Imeila, the Chagat, the Chesed Gvurati Peret, the Midot Halev, the Avardik Sheet. Regish emotion at the level of the supernal mother. The origin of emotion, which is the Baal Shem Tov, at the level of the supernal mother, that's the Baal, the father, the ancestor of Bela. So once more, the Baal Shem Tov, through, through loving the simple, illiterate, dumb Jew, one, through loving him and being one with him, one eradicates and annihilates and burns away all of the evil in oneself. Once more, the evil is at the level of the heart. Death is at the level of the mind. Death is the antithesis of the mind. How do we know that? We know that from the phrase, Yamutu velo bechokhmah, they shall die but not without wisdom. Ha-chokhmah techayeh et bahalel, wisdom gives life. Brain power in Kabbalah is synonymous with the word chayut, chayut and mokhin. Brain and life are synonymous. Meaning the ability to swallow up Death, which is the ability to be swallowed into the divine meditation, that's the chidush, the innovation of the Alter Rebbe of Chabad. Whereas the burn out one's evil, that burning out of the evil is through the love and through the relational identity, the self-identity with the simple, illiterate, dumb idiot is called, which is my, me myself. Those are the two semicircles of the Samech, and once more the Samech is the beginning of the end, the equality and the highest that one derives, the life power that one derives from that equality, which is all the secret of today. So now we, 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 we achieved the end of the beginning of the end. <laughs> <laughs>
today we're here to celebrate the birthday of the two great luminaries of Chassidut, the Baal Shem Tov, and the Alta Rebbe, of Shneur Zaman of Laadi, the founder of, of Chabad, the author of Sefer Atanya. May their merit be with us and the whole Jewish people. And the Talmud Yerushalmi were taught that on every birthday the Mazal, which is the spiritual source of the soul, gains new strength and shines down its strength to the reflection, the Heara of the soul that is present and conscious within the body. So on the birthday of the great tzaddik, the origin, the source of his soul becomes very, very strong and shines down its light to all of those that are connected here on earth to that soul. Many of the great Talmudim of the Baal Shem Tov used to say that until Mashiach comes, every true thought Hirhur Tshuva, thought of return of Tshuva, of longing to return to Hashem, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is all in the merit of this divine service of the Baal Shem Tov. Whether one is conscious of it or whether one is not conscious of it, the arousement within the Jewish people, the Jewish soul to return to Hashem is sparked. The catalyst is the service, the deep essential service of the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov entered the world, was born into this world in a state that the Jewish people was, had fainted, hit al foot. And as he himself explained, his name is Israel, the general name of the whole Jewish people, that when one has fainted, has lost consciousness, has lost self-identity, one of the ways to waken one up is to whisper his true Jewish name into his ear, even if he's not conscious. Sometimes you give some, someone some very strong odor to smell, and that enters deep into the soul, into the subconscious of the soul, as Chazal say that the only sense which goes directly, re relates directly to the soul, is the sense of smell. The sense of smell comes from Keter in Kabbalah. Keter is the superconscious, the crown. In the same way, or very similar to that strong odor of one's root, of one's origin, if one's true name is whispered into one's ear, he also wakes up to his identity. And that is the meaning of the birthday of the Baal Shem Tov, the way he himself explained the significance, the meaning of his being born into the, into the world. So once more he found the Jewish people fainted, unconscious. And he wakened them in his generation and the, the Gidulei Gidulim, all of that process that began to grow and the growths of the growths until the present day, that's what we experience when one is spontaneously aroused from above without knowing where it's coming from. Just all of a sudden, spontaneously, one is aroused with some true, deep longing for, for the ultimate truth of God and the Torah. 
and the Jewish people in the land of Israel and all of the things which are essential for Jewish faith. So this is a day that it's become that it's strong. The source of all of our good deep thoughts is now experiencing strength. Mazalogover of the Balshemto and the Atarebi. There are several simple explanations of the significance of this day Chayalul. One is that Chayalul is the Chayut, the viability, the, the life. Chay means life, alive, the life of this month of Elul. That the whole month of Elul is a month of mercy, Chodesh HaRachamim, a month of Tshuva, Chodesh HaTshuva of return. The viability, the sense, the experience of life, of being alive, in one's service of tshuva, in one's receiving sparks of the mercy of heaven, that that itself arouses you, the viability of that experience is today. That's one of the simple explanations of this day, Chayalul. Chayut Chodesh Another important thing about this day that we'll try to relate all of these things together is that this is the first of the twelve last days of the year the Nechassidut were taught that these 12 last days of the year is a, is a, a unit by itself in addition to the month of Elul in general and the significance of each day is that each day of these last 12 days corresponds to one of the months of the year that is now passing away Meaning that this day, Chayalul, corresponds or is the service that one recollects and one is able to make a cheshvan nefesh and to do tshuva for everything that happened last year, Bechodesh Tishrei. And tomorrow, the next day, Yutet Be'alul corresponds to Chodesh Cheshvan and so forth until Kaftet Be'alul, Erev Rosh Hashanah, the day before Rosh Hashanah, corresponds to the Sachakol the totality, the unity of this month itself of Elul, of Tavshin Nun Bet, which is now passing away and passing into the next year, Tavshin Nun Gimel. Meaning that today, Tishrei, today is the, the Tishrei of the last year as expressed in this last month of the year. The first month of the previous year, the year that's passing away, is in wedged, is na'utz, in the beginning of this period, these last 12 days of the of the year. Meaning that if we'll try to understand the, the concept involved, or the concept behind the significance of this being the, the first of the 12 days, and the final 12 days of the year, is that today Chayalul is the beginning of the end. The year is ending. It's really ending. And when a year ends, it passes away. It passes away just like a person passes away. It passes out of existence. It dies. As explained in Hasidut, every year has a soul that enlivens that year. A light. A light is a soul that enlivens that year. And when the year is over, the soul is mistalek passes out of the reality of time. Time is a reality, just like body is a reality. 
And every year period of time is a figure, a partzuf, just like a person is a personification of time creation. And when the year is over, that personification, that person passes away. That light, that soul that enlivened the world is mistalek from the world. And then on Rosh Hashanah, when we blow the shofar, the Tkiyat Shofar on Rosh Hashanah, a new soul, a new life is drawn into the reality of time. Meaning that these last 12 days, or the last 12 days of the life of the year, the passing away year. Once more, the experience, not of the first of those last 12 days, is the experience that will explain more in Mirza Hashem in the continuation, the experience of the beginning of the end. As everything has three segments to it. Beginning, middle, and end. Or in the terminology of Kabbalah in Hebrew, Rosh Toch Sof. Atas seiterli. As every unit has a beginning point, an initial point, a middle point, or a middle continuum, and a end point. The beginning has the beginning of the beginning, and the middle of the beginning, and the end of the beginning. And so does the middle, and so does the end. So the end has a beginning. Just like the word end. The word for end in Hebrew is sof. Hashem, God, is called Ein Sof, endless, as the term for infinity. Ein Sof. But Sof, we, Sof is also a very important concept and a very necessary truth and reality. A lot of things have to end. In order to begin something new, you have to end the old. You can't begin the new if you don't end the old. The word for end is sof, the last verse of Kohelet, which is read at the end of this period of the year, this Kufat HaShanah, which is Chag Sukkot. On Shabbat Cholamoyed Chag Sukkot, related to the whole meaning of Chag Sukkot, we read Ecclesiastics, Kohelet. And there, how does it end? It ends with the word end, even with a big Samech. Everything has come to an end and it's all been heard. It's all been internalized. Fear God, keep His commandments. That's all that there is to man. That's all that man is. So when that word sof davar we know that every letter of the 22 letters of the alphabet appears once in the whole Bible as a big letter, a capital letter. And that appearance of the big capital Samech is in this verse, Sof Tavala Konishma, and that big Samech is the beginning of the end. Why is it the beginning of the end? Because it's the beginning of the word that means end. And the word end is Sof, Samech Vav Pei. So that end has a beginning, and it has a middle, and it has an end. The beginning is the Samech, and the middle is the Vav, and the end is the final Pei, Sof. So since today, 
in the year, the significance of this day, Chayalua, once more, has two simple significances. One is it's the life of the whole month of Elul and everything that the month of Elul represents. And second is that it's the, it's the Tishrei, the word Tishrei itself is Reshit. In the verse in Ekev that we read a few weeks ago in the Torah reading, it says, May Reshit Ha-Shanah, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And in that phrase is the one and only time in the Bible that the word Reshit is written without an Aleph. And when you write the word Reshit, the beginning without an Aleph, it combines the letters permute to equal the word Reshit, beginning Tishrei. The word Reshit is the month Tishrei. So this day, which is the Tishrei in Elul, is the Tishrei in Elul, is the Reshit, Tishrei is Otiot Reshit, is the beginning of the end. And what's more, what is the beginning of the end? That big Samech of Sof. Meaning that the secrets of those two great luminaries, that's the term for the Alter Rebbe, for the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe, Shnei Amorot HaGdolim, the two great luminaries that were born on this day, especially since this year, this day falls on Wednesday, on Yom Dalit, which is the day Shenitlu HaMorot, the day that the two great luminaries were created. Both of them great before the diminishing of the light of the moon. Meaning that Al Pipshat Baal Shem Tov is the sun, and the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, is the moon before its diminishing, or the rectification, the tikkun of Miuta Yareach. This is the phrase that's used in Hasidut, especially relevant to this year, or to every year that this day of Chayalov falls on a Wednesday, which is the day Shanitlu Hamaorot. So once more, these two great luminaries have to do with this big Samech, Samech Rabati of Sof Davar Akon Nishma, et Hayalokim Yeravi et Mitzvotav Shemar Adam. This is what we have to try to understand. What is that big samach, the beginning of the end? What does that mean? What does that mean for us in our service of Hashem? And what does that mean? Is the day to receive power from this, from this level, this great samach? We said that Chayalul is the beginning of the end. The Tishrei, the Kyoto Reishit, Reishit of the end of the Acharit Shana, the Reishit Sheba Acharit. So we mentioned before that Hashem is often referred to, God is often referred to as Ein Sof. There's no end. The endless is the term for infinity. The Magid of Mezrich, the disciple of Vashemdo, said that the term Ein Sof is not really referring to the essence and being of God, but only to the infinite light that emanates from God. Only the light may be referred to as Ein Sof, as infinity. Whereas the essence is, transcends the concept of infinity is infinite and potentially finite 
at once simultaneously. The essence, the atzmut mahut of Hashem, which is above the concept of Ein Sof, means that there is simultaneously Ein Sof as well as Sof, as Sof Davala Konishma Nehulu. That manifests itself only when the infinite reveals itself and closes itself and reveals itself within the finite or light within vessel. Light, the word light or equals in source. The Balshemtov used to say about himself that I like light. And whenever he used to come into a room that just had there wasn't electricity then, it was just candles. Whenever he used to come into a room with with a certain amount of candles, he also used to say, add an additional candle, more candles, more light. But the candle itself, and ner itself, which is a soul, ner Hashem Nishmat Adam, is not just transcendent light by itself, it's light that's held to a wick. Light which is held to a vessel, to a body. Infinity that enclosed itself within the garment of the finite. And only in such a phenomenon is the true essence, which is above infinity, manifest. As the finite is the kli, the vessel. The infinite is the light. When light enters into a vessel, one obtains the paradox of infinity within finite reality and that once more is the one and only reflection of the essence of the Almighty of Hashem now this essence this reflection or manifestation of the essence is now beginning to happen that relative to the whole year the whole year up until this day of Hayabul is Ein Sof and if the end has not yet begun, if the end has not yet begun, the experience is one of endlessness. It's just like a child, a young child, has no comprehension of death whatsoever. And even an adult man, his experience is one that does not realize the oncoming end, as though there is no end as though he has infinite time ahead of him, infinite time to go. So once more, relatively, up until this day of Hayalul, the experience of time in the year is the one that doesn't recognize or realize the forthcoming and oncoming end, that it's about to end, it's about to be over, the story is about to close, the curtains are about to close. It's almost over. So the experience is an experience of light. Once more, light is endlessness, in Sof. Whereas today is the beginning of the experience of the end, that it's coming to a close, it's coming to the end. 
We hope that it's a happy ending. If the end is good, it's all good. What does that mean, positively? In addition to the simple fact that it's that the year is about to pass away. It means that this is the time, these 12 days are the time of taking all of that experience of endlessness, of infinity, and enclosing it within vessels. And these are the days of vessels, of making vessels to contain, making finite vessels to contain the life and energy, the seemingly endless life and energy of all of the experience of the year, of the previous year. How do we do that? We do that al pipshat by Cheshbon HaNefesh. When I think today of what happened, and I try to recollect, and this is very difficult, for, it's not a simple task at all, to try to recollect what happened Tishrei, last Tishrei, the Tishrei has holidays, maybe it's a little bit easier to, to recollect, but then the, tomorrow to recollect Cheshbon and so forth, to recollect each one of the months of the previous year, it's not at all simple. And if one tries to relive to relive the months of the previous year and these 12 last days of this present year, and that recollection itself, that reliving it of itself, is making the, fin the finite vessel for the infinite, infinite experience of time that one had during the duration of the year. Once more, let's try to explain it a little bit deeper. Before a person passes away, he writes a tzava'ah, he writes a last will and testimony. In the tzava'ah that he writes, he, he instructs his children and all of those souls that he intends to give to, to benefit from his life's experience, whether physically to give inheritance or spiritually to give over everything that he learned through the trials and tribulations of his life in Chacham Kibbalani Sayon. And we find that many tzavot, many last wills and testimonies are the conclusion of all that one has learned, the wisdom of life that he wants to give over to the generation and the generations to come. Through that act of writing and giving it Tzava'ah, let us mention by the way that there's a Sefer of the Baal Shem Tov, that today is his birthday. Well, the paradox of today, we're talking now about the beginning of the end, and the beginning of the end is the birthday of the two great luminaries the, and the Alter Rebbe. There's a Sefer of the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov that's called Sava'at Rivash, the last will and testimony of the Baal Shem Tov. The Alter Rebbe makes a point in Sefer Atani to say that it's a mistake, that he never wrote a last will and testimony. Nonetheless, his disciples, when they gathered together his sayings and his teachings, they called it they called his teachings, the teachings of Baal Shem Tov, the Yom Holedet of today, Sava'at 
Harivash, the last will and testimony of the Baal Shem Tov. Why? Why did they call it by that name? Because the Alter Rebbe doesn't explain why, he just says that it's a mistake. He never wrote a Tzavah, seeming to mean that it's against his nature. That it's not Shaykh, Nit Shaykh. Nonetheless, the disciple took theology of his sayings and teachings and called it by the name Savata Rivash. Why? The simple reason why is because really the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov were great light. It was all light. When a person writes a Tzavah or gives over a Tzavah, just like now we're reading the last portions of the Torah, that Moshe Rabbeinu, the whole book of Devarim, Moshe Rabbeinu said as a last will and testimony to the Jewish people, as Rashi explains in, in Humash Tvarim. And this is what one leaves over. As before we said that the year is about to pass away. It's passing out, it's fading out. But this day of Chayalu is the beginning of the fade out. The fade out of the previous year. Whenever something in Kedusha, some, some holy essence, when it fades out, or passes away, passes out of existence, it must leave its impression on existence to be. That impression that it leaves, that it leaves, that one generation leaves its impression on the generation to come and onto all generations to come, that in Kabbalah is called the Rishimu. Even Hashem in the secret, the mystery of the creation of the whole world, of the whole universe, Kabbalah teaches us that he caused a vacuum to become within his infinite light, meaning that within that vacuum, he passed away, siluka or, he himself, his own infinite light, disappeared, but nonetheless, an impression, a rishimu of himself, of his being remained within the vacuum, of his passing out and fading out of the reality of this, vacuum in which all of the worlds are about to be created. So what does it mean? It means that the, how, how does one do that? How does one create the, the, the finite vessels for the infinite light and that these finite vessels will remain, their impression will remain even when the light disappears. And once more the disappearance of the light is in order to permit and allow a new and greater and higher light to appear. When we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, a new and greater higher light is drawn down. But nonetheless, that new and greater higher light wants to benefit from the impression of the previous light. Just like a new generation wants to benefit from all of the wisdom of the life of one's ancestors. How does one do that? One does that by recollecting his life. On a birthday, one, this, once more, this is a birthday of the two great luminaries of Hasidut, of the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe. The most important minhag, Yom Holedet, the custom that we perform, all of us performers, supposed to perform Api Hasidut on one's birthday, is to recollect one's life up until date. The recollection itself is a service, an avodah, avodat yom holedet. By recollecting one's life, all of the infinite experience receives vessels 
that its impression can go on. The fact that one's origin of soul, one's Shorosh Neshama, gains great strength on one's birthday, Mazalago there, that great strength is the strength to make finite vessels for infinite life. As we know that the Shorosh Hakilim is Bigvura de Ensof, Mipiagvura, the strength gover of the mazal is the ability to make kelim and once more how does one make kelim through recollection through zikaron one of the great deep things that the Baal Shem Tov, that we know from the Baal Shem Tov, is that whenever a new disciple used to enter the chamber of the Baal Shem Tov and enter to his first yichidut his first private session with the Baal Shem Tov, the first thing that the Baal Shem Tov would ask him, he would turn to him and ask him in Yiddish, What do you remember? What is your first memory? This is something essential about this month of, of Elul. The month of Elul is the month that one receives strength and light and mercy from, a, from heaven, from above, to arouse from below. One of the greatest examples of arousing from below because of mercy shining from above mercy which is unconscious shining from above giving you strength to arouse from below that's the ability to remember when a person remembers it's as though I might say I remember but one doesn't remember all the time especially deep things of the remote past the arousal from above that you yourself remember from below that's one of the classic examples in Kabbalah of Itaruta de Le'ela of arousal from below that, 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 that brings one, gives one the strength to arouse from below Itaruta de Le'ela Letzorach Itaruta Viletata once more, that especially happens on this day. When one remembers some remote event of the past, of the primordial past, one receives a great shot of life. Of life coming back to a surge, a great surge of light, of life. The recalling, the recollecting is re-experiencing life and in this moment that I recollect I a tremendous viability liveliness comes to me this is connected to what we said before that today is high Elul the life of Elul it's connected to what we said before that the Talmudim the disciples of the Baal Shem Tov said that any itarut dilatata that comes to a person is usually because of either consciously or, or not so consciously recollecting, recalling a recall from the ancient remote past of his source of being and thereby longing to return. What is tshuva? Tshuva is return. One wants to return just psychologically. They say that a person longs to return to the womb. When does that longing become conscious? When he recalls the womb. 
But to recall the, root, the womb is a very, very uh, deep and uh, even esoteric experience. In order to be able to recall the ancient past, the womb, and then become conscious to return to it, that itself demands an arousal from above, of mercy, rachamim. Rachamim is also from the word rechem, rechem ha'in, the womb. But when one does merit to recall the ancient origin of one's soul, and thereby begin to to long to return and to become united with one source, at that moment one experiences a surge of life, of chai, of chayut. If a person returns just because he's told that you have to be good, you have to do good, and you're now leading your way of life that you're leading at present is not so good, that's called shuvatata, even though the Torah itself teaches them and instructs them that, that you've done so and so are they wrote. Without longing, without recognizing and recalling one's source, that's the lower level of tshuva. That's up into chayalul, below ad bichlo. But chayalul, it's explained in Chasidot, begins tshuva ila'ah. And tshuva ila'ah is tshuva when it becomes, when one becomes conscious of one's source and the long to return to the source. And the way to do it is through Torah Mitzvot. But not just because I'm a bad guy and I have to become good, which is Chuvatata. Once more, now we're trying to get deeper into what these days represent and what the concept of beginning of the end is. Whenever something begins, also the very concept of beginning is life. The word Tchila Hachel, Chayil, is related to the word Chay in Hebrew, in the Shona Kodesh. When one begins, when one experiences a new beginning, that's an experience of life. So once more, in this day also, which is the beginning of the end, there's some life, a surge, once more, a surge of life in coming to the end. What is, this, what is the surge of life of coming to the end? Is the the recognition or the ability that I can be t remain alive even after one passes away. How so? By leaving a tzava'ah. How, how do I do that? By recalling my own life. And this concept is called the concept of Rashimu in Kabbalah is identical with the concept in other parts of the Torah Hash'arat HaNefesh that the soul remains. And not only does the soul remain above when it leaves the body, but it leaves its impression on the world below by the word, just as I explained in Hasidut, the words of Torah and the words of Yirat Shamayim and the good words and the good deeds that one has done in this world, it leaves its hash'arat ha-nefesh even when it passes away from this world. It still remains in this world. Just like it says that when Sadiqim, when we read words and we learn the Torah, and read, read words that the tzaddikim said and teachings of the tzaddikim in this world their lips move and speak in the grave dovev siftei yeshanim siftotav dovevot pakeva means that life remains even when it appears that life has passed away the fact that life remains 
that one remains, even though it appears that one has left this world, one still remains in the world. That experience of life, that experience of, of idud, of encouragement, that even though one is about to leave, one is going to still remain, that's the life of Chayalun, of today, the Chayalun in relation to the previous year. What does that mean, Al-Pipshat? As we said before, Al-Pipshat, that means that one learns from all of the experience of this year for the sake of all of the years to come. The summary. But to be able to recall that itself demands, requires great arousement from above. Of Rachamim, Rabim, of Yud Gimel Midot Rachamim. Vos gedenks to, what do you remember? What do you remember of this year? Once more, this was all to explain the concept that the end is not always a bad concept, and let's now let's try to recall what we just said. The Kitsur, to make a regime in order that it remain. That end, Hashem is called Ein Sof. But Sof is not a bad concept, not necessarily a bad to end, because the essence of Hashem is above infinite and finite, just the opposite, the, the power and might of the essence of the being of God expresses itself more in the finite vessel than even in the infinite life, and especially in the ability of the infinite life to enter and to live and to give life to the finite vessel. So in the end, the beginning of the end is the beginning, the first expression of power to bring infinite and often unrelated or hovering experience that is not realized to bring it into a state of, to bring it down into a state of, of realization, of finite vessels and ability to express it in finite words, give it over in finite words. That's what happens, that's what begins to happen today on Hayalu. Now there's another very simple good thing about end now the, is the beginning of the end, besides this deep teaching of end that we just now explained at some length, that end means the ability to bring the infinite into the finite. Bligvu bigvu. There's another simple good thing about the concept of end, as, as the, there's a famous expression when one comes, approaches the end of the year, one says, let the year and all of its curses end, let the old year with all of its curses end, and let the new year with all of its blessings begin. So there's something also about this day of Chayalul that all of the curses of the previous year are ending and even though we're not 12 days before the beginning of the new year but since we're now experiencing the beginning of the end there's an experience, an element of beginning in this day which is the beginning of the new year with all of its blessings and the end of the old year with all of its curses. So what, what, what is there, what does end mean there? We have two different now meanings for end, either a, a totally positive meaning, that end is the ability to draw down infinity into finite vessels and thereby retain experience even when, it pa when the light passes away from reality, passes out of reality. And a second, even simpler meaning is that if, that if there's negative phenomena, 
curses within reality and is the, is the greatest is the greatest thing because it means that all of the bad things are going to come to an end I'll keep shop so that's even a simpler good meaning for ends Kate's Sam la The darkness has an end to it. Bad, evil has an end to it. And as we'll explain the continuation, even death has an end to it. Meaning that end has an end to it. But if end represents death, that also has an end. So the end is also going to come to an end. So that's a simple good meaning of the of the concept end that anything which is negative is is finite as we know that even the when one does an, an evil action the ramifications are finite when one does act and mitzvah the ramifications are infinite as good as infinite evil is finite so that's great that Baruch Hashem that evil and everything that evil represents and all of the ramifications of evil are all finite and it's all going to come to an end the Golos is going to come to an end what's the most important thing that we want to end right now the Golos exile the spiritual exile the Shekhinah the divine presence the physical exile of the Jewish people this Torah reading which is the 50th Torah reading of the year which is the secret of Shalhan Nun when Moshe Rabbeinu is Mistalek, when Moshe Rabbeinu passes away from the earth, at that very moment is revealed to him the 50th gate, the Shalanun, which is the Atzmut and Kitavo, this portion that we read now in this, in this week of Chayalos, the 50th portion of the Torah. In the first verse, Kitavo, the Hayah Kitavo El Aras, there are 50 letters. And the, word, the, the name of the parasha, which is Kitavo, is the antithesis of Galut. This Torah reading, once more, is very special that it ha- it's the 50th. In this Torah reading, all of the curses end because they're all stated. The whole Tochacha with all the Tzadikhet, the 98 curses, are all stated in this Torah reading, but they all come to an end. They're over. It's 98. It all comes to an end. It's all finite. It's so finite to the extent that when the Alter Rebbe himself, that today he's beginning, by the way, to read chapter 98 in Tehillim for the second time, the second round, as we know from the Baal Shem Tov, one of the great important minagim of the Baal Shem Tov, is that on every year one reads the chapter of Tehillim, which is the year of one's life, the year that one is now presently in, meaning the birthday to come. And when you finish, when you reach the age of 150, then you start over again from the beginning. So now today the Alter Rebbe will explain in the continuation of Mirza Shem is beginning chapter 98 for the second time, second round of Sefer Tehillim. In this Torah reading there are 98 curses, but it says, there's a famous story of the Mithra Rebbe that when, when the Alter Rebbe, the Mithra Rebbe, the son of the Alter Rebbe, the one time he heard the Torah reading of this parashah of Kitabo read by somebody else, always his father used to read the Torah, that once his father was away, and he heard when he was a young boy, he heard the, re- the Torah portion read by somebody else, just a normal, regular Jew, good Jew. And when he heard the curses, he fainted. And he became so sick 
that a few weeks afterwards that Yom Kippur he was still so sick in bed that it was a question whether he was, would be able to fast that day of Yom Kippur or not. After he fainted, he became sick by hearing the curses read in the Torah, which is all holy, kadosh kadosh, by someone else besides his father. Afterwards, he, he said, when, my, when I hear it from my father, I don't hear curses. Before the curse even comes out of his mouth, it's already ended. It's already over and already transformed into a blessing. That's why blessings are infinite, curses are finite. And when a great tzaddik even reads a curse, it simultaneously becomes a blessing.